We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. Hi, welcome. For those of you who have been part of my tribe, part of my listening audience for all of these weeks that we've been on the air. Thank you so much for joining us and for spreading the word. My website is danclark.com. Please join my tribe. Please click on receive free gifts and training and you'll get free downloads of my books of some fun and funny, hilarious downloads of recordings of uh, some of the great stories on our planet. That sounds like I'm self-serving, but I just I just love it when people laugh and cry and feel and think because of the conversations that I initiate. Today's show is to focus back on the original word, the title of this entire channel, the Influencers Channel. And it's based on a quote that I heard many, many years ago that really changed the way I see networking You know, the definition of sales is the transference of trust. So every single one of us in every single phase of our lives is really a network marketer. We have to believe in the significance and power of direct selling. Most of the folks these days who fall in love and get married have been referred. It is a referral. Someone lines them up on a date. People hate the blind dating sequence. And when we can trust someone else's recommendation, it's amazing what happens. You know, if you run an Excel sheet, a spreadsheet on your business, whomever's listening, could be a small business, an entrepreneurial effort, or a major corporation. We've all been taught the 80-20 rule where 80% of our business is always done by 20% of our customers and our key clients. Well, if you dive a little deeper on that research, you'll discover in an an Excel spreadsheet that approximately 90 to 95% of our very best customers and our repeat customers come from our network, our circle of influence, and from referrals. So if we want to accelerate our business, if we want to accelerate our profitability, if we want to do anything from a continuous improvement process um, situation, what we have to do is understand that the significance of network marketing, direct selling, and not shotgunning our approach, but, but, but single-shotting, rifle-shotting our approach to those significant individuals in the world who we know we can connect with emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, who we can connect with as far as our vision, as our dream, our purpose in life. And once we've identified those individuals, it shortens our learning curve. And it's amazing how together we can change the world and influence the world for good one moment, one person, one story at a time. 
So this entire show today is focused in on how we go out of our way to make sure that we validate the reality that I've talked about on many shows. We become the average of the five people we associate with the most. If you hang around with five broke people, you're going to become the sixth. If you hang around with five negative whining people, you're going to become the sixth. Remember that because we must be willing to pay any price and travel any distance to associate with extraordinary human beings is so true. Today's guests, all three of them, will illuminate the reality of what can happen to us as individuals if we just follow that process of figuring out how to reach out and connect with those whom we need to connect with who can influence our lives for the best and who in turn we can influence and together we rise. Having said that, if you go to my website, so many of my friends and colleagues have over the years, you can go to my celebrity photo gallery and see that I've not only met, but I've interviewed so many of the world's most famous, most recognizable, wealthiest, most powerful people on our planet athletes and celebrities, actors, business professionals, entrepreneurs. And a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, he calls me and he goes, hey, Dan, I saw that you were on the the program with Sir Richard Branson. And I said, yeah. In fact, I've been to a couple of galas before and I've watched him operate and what an inspiration he is to every entrepreneur in the world. And my friend, a very high-powered business professional, Fortune 100 company guy, he says, hey, can you introduce me to Sir Richard Branson? I want to invite him to sit on our board of directors. And I thought, gosh, that's a bold way to think big, bro. And I said, I can't introduce you to Sir Richard Branson, but you can introduce yourself to Sir Richard Branson. And he says, really, how? And I said, well, the individuals that we really want to connect with on this planet, you cannot find sitting behind a desk in an office building. That's not how they think. That's definitely not how they operate. And that's not how they've networked themselves to the top of their profession to make every dream come true. They know that the secret to sales is network marketing. They know the secret to sales is direct selling. They know and validate that the definition of sales is the transference of trust and that if everyone we know would take the time to, to, to print out an Excel pr- spreadsheet and identify who their best customers are and who the repeat customers are, they would realize that between 90 and 95% of our very best customers, we have attracted to our business have purchased our products and services because they were referred to us as human beings with integrity and because of our network and circle of influence. So the the greater our circle of influence, the more opportunities we have to accelerate our profitability, accelerate the growth of our businesses, especially if we're entrepreneurs. So back to Sir Richard Branson, I told my buddy, you can introduce yourself to Sir Richard Branson. He said, how do you do that? I said, well, if you do your due diligence, you'll discover that Sir Richard Branson has a favorite recreational pastime called kite surfing. It's not windsurfing when you're on a lake and you're on a surfboard, standard side surfboard with a little teeny sail that you control. Kite surfing is for psychos. Oh my gosh, if you look at the eyes on someone, they've strapped themselves into a parachute. 
They're on a giant board, and they're in the Mediterranean Sea. They're in the Columbian River Gorge. They're somewhere where the wind is howling at about 50 miles an hour, it looks like. Their eyes are the size of silver dollars, and they're going about 60 miles an hour, hanging on for dear life. What a thrill. And if you do your due diligence, you will realize that only 1% of the world are crazy enough to want to kite surf, and Sir Richard Branson is one of them. So instead of trying to network and connect with 99% of the world's population, instead of shotgunning your approach to your business and your entrepreneurial idea, what would happen if you single shot it and went after 1% and when they kite surf, there's only certain bodies of water that you are allowed to kite surf on. And all you have to do is figure out where Sir Richard Branson would go to kite surf. Now visualize this, you buy some old used equipment and you show up in your Twinkie, you know, psychedelically painted VW bus and you go limping into the beach area and get out on the sand and you start unloading your 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 kite surfing equipment and Sir Richard Branson sees you doing that? Oh my gosh, he beelines to you and goes, oh my gosh, you kite surf, this is so exciting, I can't believe it. You know, how did you take up, uh, you know, this amazing sport, and may I help you? And you're kind of cocky going, well, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for a while. And he, he says, apparently not, because you got your equipment on backwards, and your board has a big ding in it. And he is so gracious. He says, let me help you put your equipment on, and let me kind of help you get started, and I'll check up on you during the day. And sure enough, what happens, my friends, by the end of the day, when you're through and you're exhausted and you're back on the beach loading your VW bus back up with your equipment, obviously, Sir Richard Brance is going to come and check up on you. And as you conclude packing, he says, what are you doing? You say, well, I was just going to go back to my hotel. And he goes, well, would you like to join me and my friends for cocktails and hors d'oeuvres? Oh, my gosh. Now you're invited in. Now you put on your best behavior. And through psychological reciprocity, what happens at the dinner table? What happens at the club? What happens with drinks and hors d'oeuvres? You ask him about himself. You ask his friends and his family about themselves. And after they've talked long enough about themselves, the law of psychological reciprocity kicks in where they have a moral obligation to also make you feel equally as wanted, important, lovable, capable that you can succeed. They want to listen to your story and now you share what you're about. And if you have your elevator pitch down, if you have your snap down where you in 30 seconds or in 60 seconds or in five minutes can explain what you're about, what your purpose in life is, what keeps you up at night, what makes you wake up early and stay up late and fire up to make a difference in our world, with his entrepreneurial spirit, he's going to catch on, he's going to connect at a deeper level with you and he's going to say, you know what, here's the number of two of my friends, I want you to call them and tell them what you're up to and tell them I told you to call them and all of a sudden, you're influencing the affluent, all of a sudden you're networking at the highest levels with people who can actually help you make your dreams come true. To live what we call life unlimited through this amazing company, Zizia, which I'm going to talk about here with my second guest, where life unlimited is more than just saying, gosh, I hate my job. It's not allowing someone else to, to, to raise your children at a daycare because you got to have so much time dedicated to making a living and paying the bills. It's not about that. 
It's about life unlimited where you feel healthy and, and your lifestyle is active and your nutrition and wellness is so unbelievably under control, which means weight weight management and weight loss are together. And then you throw on top of that financial freedom. My gosh, it's so exciting, my friends, for us to get together once a week and talk about influence. And what I want to do in today's show is I want to make sure, I want to make sure that everyone knows that anyone on this planet that they dream about meeting is not six degrees of separation away. They are probably two degrees of separation away where you can find someone who knows someone who can introduce you to that person. But when you're introduced, remember, it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. And when we identify ourselves in terms of what we do instead of who we are, we become a human doing instead of a human being. Unacceptable of significance is what we seek. But those people don't want to interview. They don't want to hang out. They don't want to associate with us unless we think like they think, unless we're passionate about life and making a difference on the same level that they are passionate and making a difference. Because I guarantee that every single one of these superstars like Sir Richard Branson, remembers that they went to somebody's elementary school. They went to somebody's high school. They put on pants and dresses exactly like we do. They started somewhere, and most of the superstars have never forgotten their roots. And they continuously inspire us and remind us on a daily basis to always, always reach out and lift someone else up to our level. Having said that, let's go to commercial break for a minute. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. This is the Art of Significance program. Dan Clark, your host. And when we come back, we are going to actually have one of my dearest friends on the planet who has been a guest now twice on my show because of the influence he has had. And you know who have been listeners for so long that my first segment is always about celebrating the influence that music has in our lives. And Monty Powell is so extraordinary where so many people I could have on the show that I will have on the show to celebrate their success might have one or two or three hit songs. But the reason why I continuously invite Monty Powell on my show and will continuously invite his amazing partner in crime, his amazing wife, his talented songwriting partner and musician, Anna Wilson, is because they continuously write hit songs and continuously put themselves out there in a philanthropic way to change the world one note, one letter, one song at a time. You don't want to miss my interview with Monty Powell and celebrate two other of his number one hits with Keith Urban. Let's go to commercial break and we'll be back with Monty Powell. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. For those of you who haven't been uh, a part of, of Dan Clark Nation, of our community of significance, and haven't had the privilege of listening to Monty Powell and being inspired by his life, I want to quickly read just part of his amazing Bio. Monty Powell is one of the most successful songwriters in country music history with over 60 million records containing one of his songs with Keith Urban, Lady Annabellum, Rascal Flatts, Tim McGraw, Brooks and Dunn, Chris Cagle, James Otto, Jody Messina, Chuck Wicks, and Diamond Rio. In his 30-year career, Monty has won CMA Album of the Year for producing Songs of the Eagles and Tribute to Merle Haggard. Nominated for Country Music Association Song of the Year for Keith Urban's Tonight I Want to Cry, which we'll celebrate today. He was named CSAC's Country Songwriter of the Year, won the CMA Triple Play Award. That's so significant. Nobody has done this that I have ever met or even heard of. Monty won the CMA Triple Play Award for pinning three number one songs in the same year and received a Golden Globe nomination for Best Song in a Motion Picture for you. With Keith Urban in Act of Valor, I challenge you to, to pull that up on Netflix. That'll just put everything in perspective. And what a powerful, powerful song that brings that movie alive. With his wife, jazz recording artist, songwriter Anna Wilson, Monty produced a project of reimagined songs by Billy Joel called Nashville State of Mind featuring Lyle Levitt, Willie Nelson, and others. 
and currently records and performs with their new band, Troubadour 77, because I've had Monty on twice before. We're finally going to get a chance to talk about Troubadour 77, but right now, because the theme of this whole show is about influencing the affluent, making sure that we make our dreams come true by connecting the dots. Monty Powell, welcome to the show. Welcome to everybody's uh, computer. Welcome to everybody's life again. I love you, brother. I love you too, Dan. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, let's just cut right to the chase. Every, Every person on this planet wants to know how you do what you do. And because I've been going to Nashville for so many years, as you know, the Monty Powell way is, uh, it's, it's almost cliche, brother. People use you, they use your name, and they've never even met you before to describe the significance of connecting with people at the heart-to-heart, talent-to-talent level, and not waiting for them to call you, but for you figuring out a way to go to them and connecting where you trust one another and realize in a very short amount of time that together you will rise. Teach us about your Monty Powell way, which is, that's what it's called behind your back, brother, the Monty Powell way. How cool is that? Well, that's pretty cool. Um, And I will tell you that I did figure out pretty early on that you have to have a small target, just like you talked about in the early segment, and you have to circle it like a shark. And you circle and you circle, and for a long time, you're on the outside. And you have to be patient. And then one of those days, you'll look up, and suddenly you realize, I've met enough people, we've had enough interaction, and suddenly, I'm on the inside of that circle that for so long, I was on the outside. And you can't just dive straight in. You can't go like a spear point and try to just dive straight into someone's sphere of influence. You have to be seen out on the fringes. You have to be safe. You have to show that you're trustworthy. You have to show that you don't need so much. Um, there's a great quote from a terrible movie called uh, Ten First Dates or The Ghost of Girlfriends Past or something. I don't know. It's some terrible movie. But boy, it's one of my favorite quotes. And it's um, the person in any relation that needs the least is the one with the most leverage. And wow. so you, you want to circle up and you want to show people that you're complete and fulfilled and you're good and you don't need them to be the human that you are because that puts people off. And uh, suddenly you'll find yourself on the inside of the circle. Well, you know, your reputation, when you started first coming to Salt Lake City, Utah to ski and to take advantage of the of the wildlife and to, you know, put together some fishing trips or whatever, as I recall, brother, every single time you were coming into town, you were coming to help someone else, to, to help produce a rock and roll band, to help individuals. And, you know, I might pick you up at the airport or whatever we did back in the day, and you always had an agenda with three or four people on your calendar that you really just genuinely wanted to help. And that's what you're reminding all of our listeners, that that's the formula. It's give, 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 and then perhaps ask. Give, 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 and then perhaps take. Give, 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 and then perhaps see how it goes from there. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Uh, And the best way... 
to have someone enter your network or to enter someone else's network is to do something for each other. And you should always be the one that starts that process. What, what can I do for you? Who are you? What's important in your life? Tell me about your story. Tell me about how you got here. There's going to be plenty of time to tell your story and the patience to not immediately just start opening up the fire hose of information about yourself, I think is one of the key things that allows people that trust that you're talking about to be able to eventually turn to you and go, anyway, enough about me. Tell me about you. Yeah, I love it. So how did you meet Keith Urban? Well, this is interesting, and, and you have to remember the context. Because we're in 2017, and now, and you're just going to have to forgive my little moment of ego here for a moment. In 2017, it seems like that Keith Urban would be the influencer and the person high up on the food chain that you would wonder, wow, how could you meet Keith Urban? When I met Keith Urban, he was trying to get to me Mm because I was the guy who was high in the food chain. He had just come it. to the United States from Australia. He didn't mm. have a record deal. He was young and inexperienced. He hadn't even fixed that big gap between his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> which means, let's just connect the dots, which means he would have never attract, attracted Nicole Kidman and the history would not be where it is today. <laughs> never in a million years. So oh, it was interesting. So he, he found me. And the way that he uh, found me was exactly the way that you're talking about. Several people seeing who he was, how he felt about music, the statements that he wanted to make over a course of a few weeks, all said to him, do you know Monty Powell? Because mm-hmm. what you're saying sounds like matches what I hear what he says. If you guys should probably know each other. Wow. And then they facilitated a meeting between me and him. Wow. You know, growing up, my dad told me a long time ago, and it wasn't until I was older that I realized that he said, identify the thoroughbreds of your generation and then keep in touch. So to this day, I have powerful friends and powerful places and pretty famous or successful athletes, particularly, who I knew when we competed against each other in college. And yeah, we kept in touch. So I get what you're saying. So if you had a songwriter's clinic... If people were pay, were willing to pay you the thousand, thousands of dollars for two or three days to stay in your presence, what would you? What would be the first step that you would teach them to lay the foundation for them to actually believe they can leave your songwriter session, your songwriters clinic, and 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 eventually write with someone like a Keith Urban? Two things. Got it. Okay. Learn how to critique your own work without hurting your own feelings. Hmm. And two, learn how to listen to the songs that have been elevated above the bar, like the paintings that we go see in a museum. Go learn why they're great, why they're timeless, and then be able to compare your work to it to literally Mm. lay it over the top of it like an onion skin and find out why your song is or isn't doing what those things are doing 
and then be able to receive that self-criticism without hurting your own feelings and making you want to stop. All right. So that brings up another question. You know, you and I and anyone who goes to Nashville knows the Nashville sound. You know how I... You know, you get Eliad, and he puts together some little ragtag band there in somebody's recording studio, and they get into the number system that Nashville musicians are so famous for. Listeners, maybe you don't even realize that so many of these world-class musicians in Nashville don't even know how to read music. They've got this cool numbering system, and they're so talented. They hear something, and they get rolling on it. And yet, there's a Nashville sound that you pay for for your demos. There's a Nashville sound And what you're saying, Monty, is that you can sell out, perhaps, and write a song that you believe will play on the radio because every other song is like that on the radio. And then Monty Powell comes riding in on your white horse, and you do something different. You create a different sound. You create a different energy. You set a different standard for this famous Nashville sound. How did that come about? Is that how you've always been since you studied music and came to Nashville? Or did you suddenly have a light click on that said, wait a minute, you have the guts to actually go against the grain to some degree and say, wait a minute, the Nashville sound doesn't always have to be the Nashville sound. We can turn it into something else. And if you've ever been to a Keith Urban concert, you just see this guitar, you know, he's just ripping and shredding on the guitar and he's doing everything you'd see in a rock and roll concert. And yet there's classic lyrics and there's the classic country sound. And that's been created by Monty Powell, ladies and gentlemen. When did that happen for you? When did you have the guts to say, okay, yeah, I've put my tapestry over the paintings on the wall and they match. And now it's time for me to use just a little bit of a different paintbrush, a little bit different. Remember when I was at your house, way back, your first house, and you came, I pulled up into the driveway and you had just come home from a guitar lesson. And we had a quick conversation about Carlos Santana and Eric Clapton and a few of the great guitar players. And you taught me that day, Monty, that the way you put your fingers on the strings changes the sound of a six string. When everybody's playing the same note, you can tell when it's Carlos Santana. You can tell when it's Eric Clapton. And everybody can tell when it's a Monty Powell song. Teach us about when that light clicked on where you knew that you could still exist in a in a in a, in an industry and be the one who sets the new bar, who pioneers the sound? Well, I think it came really early for me. I always wanted to shake things up. I was always interested in looking at the things that existed on the fringe of what was accepted and trying to find a way to bring them more into the mainstream. Because when you come to Nashville, the mainstream exists, right? And any mm. other venture or any other thing that you're going after, your chances of having a complete, what we would call a blue ocean strategy, like there's no one in that space already, is almost zero. So the, the center of the box has already been established before you even start. So I started looking around the edges of the box and said, what, what could I do that I could bring in that would change the conversation a little bit? And one of those conversations I had with Keith Urban. Keith Urban does not play banjo, by the way, even though it is 
featured so prominently on all of his songs. So we looked at each other, and I said, what's the most backwards, nobody wants to hear, has a bad reputation instrument in the world? Banjo. (laughs) Why don't we make banjo cool? Wow. What does country music not have that so many other genres of music have? Really interesting rhythms and drums. Why don't we take interesting rhythms and banjo and create something different? And we did, and we called it Funktry. And (laughs) who would want to be me and all of these other songs that have followed and all the other hundred artists now who have followed with their banjo riffs over hip-hop sounding grooves, that's where that started. Wow, wow. That's amazing. What a legacy. Okay, let's get right to the songs. Um, so, yes, we we dream big, we work hard, we try to network, we do all the things we've been talking about, and then all of a sudden we get our hearts broken and tell us the story behind writing Tonight I Want to Cry, and then let's get to Keith Urban's performance of that song. Well, Keith and I had both gone through a very difficult relationship period during that time. And songwriting is one of those beautiful places to be able to work out your emotions. I think it's one of the great uh, therapists of all time. And so together we sat down at this little upright piano and decided that rather than hide our feelings or just write the next what could be a hit song that we wanted to bear our souls, be vulnerable. Men almost never vulnerable in country music for many, many years. And we wanted to break that tradition and talk about someone, a man who was on the losing end of the relationship. Yeah, and so I want everybody to listen to the lyrics, and and now you just explained, Monty, my question without asking it, and that's why it went to number one, that's why it was Song of the Year, because it gave men permission to break the mold that you and I have both been raised, be a big boy, don't cry, every cowboy I've ever met has been raised, be a big boy, don't cry, and all of a sudden, Keith Urban, with your magic words and lyrics and and, uh and Melody, allow us, you just gave us permission through music, you've influenced us through your music, that it's okay to show emotion and be real in every moment. Monty Powell's number one song, Tonight I Want to Cry, performed by Keith Urban. the TV home the sound turned down in a bottle of wine there's pictures of you and I on the walls around me the way that it was and could have been surrounds me I'll never get over you walking away Never be 
never losing your self-control But I'm just drunk enough to let go of my pain To hell with my pride Let it fall like rain from my eyes Tonight I wanna cry Help if I turn the sad song on All by myself Would sure hit me hard Now that you're gone Or maybe unfold Some old yellow lost love letters It's gonna hurt bad Before it gets better But I'll never get over you this way Cause I've never been the kind to ever let my feelings show And I thought that being strong meant never losing your self-control But I'm just drunk enough to let go of my pain with my pride Let it fall like rain From my eyes Tonight I won't But I'm just drunk enough to let go of my pain To hell with this pride, let it fall like rain from my eyes Tonight I wanna cry You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. This is your host, Dan Clark, the program, The Art of Significance. My current guest is Grammy Award-winning hit songwriter Monty Powell. That was his number one song of the year, recorded by Keith Urban. Tonight, I want to cry. Oh, my gosh, brother. Let's take a quick commercial break. We're coming back with Monty to talk about why and how he wrote his other one of his many gajillion other number one hits with Keith Urban called Who Wouldn't Want to Be Me, which sets up my other two guests, Dr. Joshua Plant and one of the great entrepreneurs of our of our generation, Scott Keller. Let's go to commercial break. You're listening to voiceamerica.com. Come back in a moment with Monty Powell. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. 
Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Dialogue is the single... If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121. Or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. And for those of you who have been watching the clock, you'll know that my segments are completely out of whack And I have two magnificent guests waiting to come on and teach us about how they use their influence to change the world. But I make no excuses, Monty Pal. Every time I have you on, I cry. We laugh together. I reminisce on how far back we go. And I just love you to death, brother. So let's just cut right to this next song if if you'll forgive me. But before we cut to this last song and explain the bluebird side of how and why you wrote this song, I want all the listeners to know exactly how they can contact you. And for those of you who know me as a professional speaker, you know that I speak on corporate events multiple times. I've had the privilege of facilitating the company bringing in Monty Powell to dazzle their people. And can you imagine the difference that his songs and his music and the lyrical poetry that he writes and how that adds to a magnificent corporate event Monty, tell the listeners exactly how to get a hold of you, to hire you for a corporate gig, to also bring you in in the songwriter session, which we're going to talk about at another show because that's just fascinating in and of itself, and then how they can download your tunes on iTunes, and uh, I'll just leave it to you right there, please. Uh, Absolutely. 2017, I have a big digital footprint, montypowell.com. Please go to iTunes and search Monty Powell, you'll find my records, you'll find all the songs that I'm a writer on that will come up. Um, songsessions.com, which is the corporate uh, event place. And uh, also troubadour77.com. So there's a lot of irons in the fire music-wise, but reach out and find us and see all the stuff that we're doing. Which is the perfect lead into this next song. Who wouldn't want to be Monty Powell? Come on, brother. Talk to us about how you wrote this song with Keith Urban 
and then we're privileged to hear your recording of it. Is it at the Bluebird Live where we heard one of your songs last time? It is. It's from the same Live at the Bluebird uh, Cafe concert. And this was the song that really changed country music. started with a drum machine and a banjo. Both were off-limits to country music. And I think that we really changed the conversation with this tune. But the Bluebird side shows that if it's a great song, just a person sitting there with a guitar can still bring it home. It's still one of my favorites after all these years. Who wouldn't want to be me? And I would want to be you. And, you know, every time my wife's around you, she wants me to be you. And you're putting so much pressure on me. It's just you have no idea. Every guy that walks by wants to be Monty Powell. You know, every guy wants to be you. Every woman wants to be with you. I got to get off the air. This is just sickening. (laughs) I love you, brother. That's Monty Powell. And I want everyone to start sharing his influence in music and uh, and his lyrical poetry is amazing. Let's just go right to your rendition, Monty. I'm going to have you back time and time and time again. My best to Anna and your beautiful daughters. And let's listen to Monty Powell live at the Bluebird Cafe, Nashville, Tennessee, singing his number one tune he co-wrote with Keith Urban. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be me? Here's a song I wrote with Keith Urban. I got no money in my pockets I got a hole in my jeans Had a job and I lost it But it won't get to me Cause I'm riding with my baby It's a brand new day On the wheels of an angel Flying away the sun is shining, singing, and this road keeps on winding through the prettiest country from Georgia to Tennessee. And I got the one I love beside me, my troubles behind me. I'm alive and I'm free. You wouldn't want to be me. She's strumming on my six string She crossed her pretty knees Stomping out her rhythm And singing to me The sweetest song The sun is shining And this road keeps on winding Through the prettiest country From Georgia to Tennessee Georgia to Tennessee Sweet child, I'm gonna be oh, oh, oh. 
Good night. Thank you. This is Dan Clark on VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. My last guest was Monty Powell Grammy Award-winning hit songwriter with Keith Urban on that song, Who Wouldn't Want to Be Me, which brings me right to my guest, even though we're running a little bit late. I love this man. We're going to go to commercial break, but before we do, I want to vaccinate you as as what a great medical term. I'm, I'm kind of smart. I want to vaccinate you as a listener on what you're about to be filled with, not as a poison, not as a disease, but as an uplifting antidote that will change your nutritional life and wellness forever. His name is Dr. Joshua Plant, who graduated from Harvard Medical School, first in his class, accomplishing an eight-year program in just 3.5 years. He earned his PhD in biomedical sciences, and he is going to come and talk to us about natural health, the natural health revolution, and an incredible organization, Zizia International, that he is an executive in that I have partaken of their products and I'm an eyewitness to the significance of what he's doing to change the world because it's changed my life significantly. Don't go anywhere. Let's go to commercial break back with Dr. Joshua Plant. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number. 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer, or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. 
Welcome back, listeners. We've been listening to the influence and feeling the influence that music has in our lives, and so appropriately, my buddy Monty Powell, the songwriter. We concluded the first segment with his hit song recorded by Keith Urban, and he uh, had a personal rendition from the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville called Who Wouldn't Want to Be Me? Our next guest is one of those incredible human beings, and he and I are dear friends, and I, which allows me to kid him that, you know, I find a genius with a personality. Go figure. That's just wrong, how you engage the left brain at a degree that most people only only dream of, and then you throw in your amazing sense of humor, your amazing passion, creativity, and imagination to just make your information and your research come alive. For the rest of your your resume, I had to consolidate it down to 990 characters, which is not fair to you or our listeners, but let me just repeat. Dr. Plant has published across several scientific journals for his work on cellular growth, metabolism, and other health-related topics. Currently, Dr. Joshua Plant is the COO and chairman of the Product Advisory Council of Zizia International, a multi-million dollar health, nutrition, and lifestyle company. And Josh oversees the creation and quality of all Zizia International products. Before the break, I reminded you that Joshua Plant graduated from Harvard Medical School first in his class, accomplishing an eight-year program in just 3.5 years. He earned his PhD in biomedical sciences and was selected as one of 14 international recipients of the NIH Research Fellowship Award. I could go on and on. And the reason why I'm stopping is because the rest of his resume has words in that that I can't even pronounce. (laughs) Joshua Plant, dazzle my listeners like you dazzle me and everyone who with whom you come in contact. Talk to me about you. Where did you grow up? How did you become fascinated with biomedical sciences? Oh, Dan, man. Well, well, first of all, it's always a pleasure to be on this call with, uh, well, it's turned it into a, a lifelong friendship I have with you, but, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, I have to be careful because whenever I start talking about you, all of a sudden, uh, or talking with you, all of a sudden, my whole persona becomes out of joking just because of uh, <laughs> you and I friendship. And man, what an honor it is to be with you again on this call or on the show. And uh, and uh, you continue to inspire millions across the globe. So thanks, thanks. for having me on the show. That's nice. So where did you grow uh, up, and how how did you find out that you that you really Someone with your intellect could choose anything in any field and any path to take, and you chose bio, biomedical sciences. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I'm actually a, a first-generation college student. Uh, no one in my you know, my parents didn't go to college, and uh, several of my siblings actually you know didn't even finish high school. And uh, you know that's not a knock at them. Very very intelligent people, uh, but uh, uh, education necessarily wasn't stressed. Uh, formal education wasn't stressed in my childhood growing up. And so what this was, is it was, it was kind of unusual that anyone in my family would kind of begin a professional, an academic professional career. I grew up in a town of 2,000 people, uh, and the main commerce that was happening in that town was uh, turkey farming. 
And well, so, uh, so so they so they miss you today. They're looking around like, "Where's Josh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when when one person moves out of that town, all of you know, they, uh, they there's just a, a gaping hole that's felt there every week. But no, this is a uh, it was kind of an unusual. I didn't even begin college actually till I was 22. Um, and this is, I think, uh, I've always excelled in you know my grade school and high school and everything of that sort, but. Uh, I can still think of this moment today, my beautiful wife, uh, coming up now on uh, 16 years, she, uh, her and I were actually playing catch in the backyard, and at this time, I was working graveyards at Target stocking shelves, wow. and uh, my wife is an amazing athlete, and, and uh, Dan, you've met me numerous times, and I'm not, and uh, we were just getting ready, I was getting ready to go to work, and it was in the evening on a summer night, and uh, she asked me what I wanted to be. And uh, I told her I wanted to be a scientist, and it's interesting because that was the first time that I had ever verbally admitted that. Mm. Uh, you know, growing up in a poverty state in a single wide trailer in a depressed town in middle America, uh, the idea of pursuing a career that is probably the most stringent with respect to formal education seemed absolutely preposterous and, and in some ways uh, ostentatious. Uh, kind of announcing that amongst my peers, that uh, who am I to kind of say that? And I remember as I told my wife that I wanted to be a scientist, I immediately brought the glove up to my mouth as we were playing catch with a baseball and kind of covered my face in, in anticipation if I need to follow it up with a joke if she started to laugh. Mm. Um, and, uh, and I still remember this day. It's, it's a slogan we have all heard a thousand times. Um, in fact, it was usually the kids that bullied me in school. I remember reading it on their shirts just as they were pushing me into the locker that say, just do it. And uh, my mm-hmm. wife told me that. She said, just do it. And it was interesting because at that very moment, something that seemed absolutely foreign, impossible, and even guilty to think of, of becoming a scientist became such a possible reality uh, because there was one person who I knew loved me who actually had more confidence in me than I had in myself. And so at the age of 22, I enrolled at a local university and began my, my academic career of becoming a scientist. And uh, one thing Correct. led to another. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it snowballed quickly from there and uh, was able to make some key discoveries. I was invited to the American Association for the Advancement of Scientists Convention out in Washington, D.C., and presented in front of the 20,000 nerds across the globe and uh, was selected for best research. That then allowed me to get an NIH fellowship. Harvard gave me a scholarship, and it just kept snowballing and snowballing uh, to where I was able to graduate first in my class. And it was, it was a, monu- a monumental moment in my life when I graduated um, and realized where I had come, and it kind of set me on a different career path than what most people would say for uh, somebody with my academic background. That's so inspiring. And, you know, so what you're saying to the listeners is that you've only had one B your entire life. And I knew if we kept talking long enough, we could connect at that level. Because you know what? I've only had one B in my life, too. It's just that my parents, they they threw a parade and a party when I got my B. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I want, I want to interrupt because you said something so profound. Every time I'm around you, brother, you teach me and take me to the next level. What you said was you made an outside declaration. You, you, you made a statement that you were going to be a scientist. 
And for listeners, we need to understand the significance of our intentions, but more significantly, when we state them to someone that we care about, integrity means that we back up our words. Integrity means that we're the same off stage as we are on stage, the same at work as we are at home, the same inside as we are outside. And I love a quote, if the things we think about and believe in are different than the things we do, we will never be happy. And what you did with your beautiful wife is you actually made that vocal that outside public declaration, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to accomplish in my life. And because you're a significant man of integrity, even at age 22, you had to figure out a way to back up your words with positive action and make your dream a reality. And I think there's a lesson in life for all of us to start remembering we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. And if we're hanging around with people who talk us out of our verbal declarations that want us to live not in integrity, but out of integrity, we've got to get a different set of friends, or as we say in country music, a higher class of loser. <laughs> I love it. And that's, and that's exactly right. And it's amazing. That's, that's something that I've kept throughout my life that, that taught me that very important lesson. It is be vocal with that, which you want to become. And, uh, and it, and it allowed me to progress quickly through school. I, I remember when I came in, I said, I'm going to be the fastest person to ever graduate with this degree. And it seemed so preposterous. But when I made that declaration to my advisors and my uh, uh, a thesis committee, which contained two Nobel laureates on it, they almost kind of mm. chuckled. Uh, but it was, a, it was a something to that I'm a firm believer that you speak that which you want to become and it will happen. And it is the, the first step in making those goals become a reality. And did you find that once you did verbalize and share your dream, your goal, your passion, your drive with these significant individuals that they became your supporters, not critics, they became your support staff. So if you ever wavered, if you looked like you lost some passion, they were there to say, come on, Josh, remember what you said, remember what we're working on, remember what your goal is. Did you find that the support in your life, Matt, your support in your life makes the difference? Absolutely. And it was a, it was a matter of, as, as you speak these things, you're going to find the naysayers. There, it was my, my peers that uh, you know, laughed at me and would do everything they can to delay it. And if I had uh, ultimately taken longer on an experiment or on writing a thesis or whatever it may have been than I anticipated, they would highlight those, those imperfections and remind me that those goals aren't going to happen. But being able to surround yourself, just as you said, you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with, by surrounding my with those people that become not necessarily naysayers, but advocates uh, for mm-hmm. that which you have spoken is a valuable and critical part of ultimately succeeding. Which is the significance of writing our goals down to trigger that, 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 that chemical reaction that we get from visualizing what it is that we want to accomplish and that, that chemical reaction that we get when we actually check the box off that we did do what we said we were going to do. There's significance, there's science behind that that we can talk about in another day. Yeah, so what it's was your funny first that you job? say that. <laughs> I'm going to take a little moment here to say this because, you know, it was reading that out of your book, The Art of Significance, right, uh, to where I do, I not only write down my goals, but I don't write them down once. I write them down every day and I make it a habit of 
writing down my goals, not of the goals that I'm going to achieve that day, but my lifelong goals every day. And I make it a point to actually doing it in the fog of the shower steam because I want those to be gone and I have to recommit myself every day. And it's a matter of that invisible ink leaving of the fog in the shower. And so as I'm sitting there each morning getting ready, it is writing down those goals in the, in the steam of the shower on the, on the, uh, on the mirror knowing. I love it that I have to do it again tomorrow and the next day. And it's, uh, that came from you that where I, I read that and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it every day. And, uh, you know, and it, it matters, you know, it, it, it triggers the serotonin. It triggers the, uh, the opportunity for us to actually feel a chemical satisfaction that we did something that we said we were going to do. Okay. So what was your, what's, what's the link between graduating number one in your class at Harvard Medical School and now becoming the COO and chairman of the Product Advisory Council for Zizia International. And I want to talk about my experience with Zizia in a moment, but talk about how Zizia found you, the law of attraction. We attract what we believe we deserve and someone with your credibility could work for any company, any major corporation in the world, literally in the world. And somehow you found each other in Zizia International. Teach us a little bit about how you came to, how you landed this this dream job. And for listeners, you just need to understand at the end of the day, it really is not what you do. It's with whom you do it. And we have, we see it every day in the hierarchy of this amazing Zizia International, not just professionals, not just businessmen, businesswomen, not just professionals, but dear, dear friends with that chemistry, this is so extraordinary. So teach us about how you found each other. What's the love story between Dr. Plant and Zizia International? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting. So when I, when I graduated, um, I was given very attractive offers. You know, growing up in a, a trailer in depressed America, it was all of a sudden now the paychecks had zeros in it you never would fathom. And uh, I was presented with these offers at... Uh, you know, the world's largest pharmaceutical companies or hospitals. Um, And it was actually at this moment that I realized many years before when I was playing catch with my wife and I told her I wanted to be a scientist that I was actually mistaken. Um, It was at this point that I realized I wanted to be a person of influence. And what that realized to me is it's a person of influence and I just happened to be good at science and science is my best way to influence people. Um, and I looked back, and as I was getting ready to kind of sign these, these job offers and kind of lock myself into the typical 40-year plan of, of working, making a good salary, you know, storing away in a 401k and setting aside and retiring and, and doing these things, and trust me, it would have been a lifestyle that I would never have imagined. I realized that there was so much more because of what I had been given that I needed to, to be a person of influence. And this really kind of uh, struck a chord with me because I realized if I signed these letter offers, I will likely be sitting in a lab, spending my life working on a drug, designing a drug for a disease that, A, could have easily been preventable uh, with proper health and nutrition and exercise, or B, will it be available to less than 1% of the world based upon people who can either afford it or, or who have access to that drug? And it really was a little bit of a depressing moment as I sat here and realized I will really be spending my life for very little influence in the world. And 
to me, that was the definition of a sellout, right? And mm. I, I couldn't take all of this knowledge, all of this education, all of this, I would want to say, divine intervention to allow me to be where I was with respect to the, the resume of accolades or whatever it might be and just kind of turn my nose up to it and say, now it's time for me to lock myself in a, in a closet of influence and, and really not have an impact. And I was thinking about the greatest advancements in health and wellness in the last, well, beginning of time, so to speak, and the greatest advancement in the health and wellness, that which is attributed to saving hundreds of millions of lives a year, isn't a drug. It's, it's actually the simple act of washing hands. <laughs> that has been done more to save lives than the greatest doctors and hospitals combined. And it's, it was so inspiring to me when I realized this, why it is so impactful is it's a simple thing, a simple tool that was taken to the masses. It was taught. It was part of a lifestyle. It was embraced. It was, it was talked about in schools. Uh, parents told you to wash your hands before you sat down at dinner. It became part of culture. And because of that, hundreds of millions of lives have been saved. Diseases that wiped out nations are no longer an impact. And it was this that I realized what we need to do is kind of change the way in which we look at health and wellness, not necessarily designing this, this specific chemical drug, but rather health and wellness needs to be looked at much more of a macro cultural lifestyle to where people's lives are actually changed much for the better and it's incorporated into our daily lives. And part of that study, I stumbled upon the botanical Moringa oleifera. And this is, any scientist that is in this space knows this botanical. It's, it's one of the most studied botanicals because of its nutritional value. Can you spell I, it again? Moringa. What is that? Can yeah. you spell it? Moringa oleifera. M-O-R-I-N-G-A space oleifera. O-L-E-I-F-E-R-A. And wasn't there an article in the Wall Street Journal that basically validates the nutritional value and scientific biochemical yeah. elements of this oh, amazing yeah. super plant? Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, this is over 500 scientific articles have been on this botanical. It's studied, uh, it's been highlighted in the Wall Street Journal, National Geographic. Uh, a year ago, took out a whole article uh, on this. Uh, it's 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 hit everywhere now because it's it's such this kind of I want to say miracle plant, and it's actually one of its nicknames is, is the miracle tree, is that this single botanical contains way more nutrition than anything else we've seen on the earth. You know, we hear of these superfoods of kale or quinoa or whatever it might be, and this absolutely dwarfs them. And so it's been this hidden scientific gem for decades. And I saw this, and this all of a sudden, it kind of light bulb went off on me that this is kind of the modern day soap and water that if we are able to kind of incorporate this single botanical into people's lives across the globe and embrace a culture of, of health and wellness, this is what is going to be the next revolution, so to speak, that is going to be saving hundreds of millions of lives. Uh, and so that's, uh, I actually sought out ZG International. They didn't know who I was, and all of a sudden I come knocking on their door saying, I believe in this botanical uh, because ZG International has been promoting this botanical for years. Uh, and one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, five years later, I'm still here and, and speaking about the passion and seeing millions of people's lives change across the globe. So let's talk about the significance of Zizia because listeners can go to a GNC. Listeners can go find this Moringa Oliveira on a shelf of a, of a high-end nutritional health food store. 
mm-hmm. and yet that version is so diluted and that version is so uh, minuscule in its impact and its health qualities compared to what you at Zizia International are creating, are manufacturing, are producing, are packaging, and are selling, I suppose that's why you sought out Zizia, because it wasn't just about Moringa Elifera, it was about who is going to take this this powerful plant to the world in its most perfect and exquisite form, correct? Absolutely, and, and they, they incorporated all of the right principles into this botanical. They, they sourced it from the location to where it is the most nutritious. They built a manufacturing facility to make sure its nutrition isn't degraded. Uh, they incorporate all the different parts of the tree. Moringa olifera is a tree. It's not a fruit or a vegetable. It's an actual tree. So they use the whole uh, parts of the tree so that you're able to get all of the nutrition, the B vitamins, the essential amino acids, the vitamin C, the vitamin A, uh, all of the anti-inflammatories and so on, right? And so they've, they've taken what other companies are using as a buzzword. Moringa olifera actually has put the science, or excuse me, ZG International has actually put the science into Moringa olifera to ensure its nutritional quality uh, and intensity. In fact, they shade dry their Moringa leaves in a proprietary process that will enrich the nutrients up to 40-fold. And so you're getting just an abundance of this product uh, while others are putting in a little bit of a snowflake of the... uh, of the product just so that they can leverage the word Moringa Olifera. And so uh, any scientist, any skilled professional can quickly see that. And uh, that ZG International has clearly differentiated itself and distinguished itself as the quality and efficacious leader in Moringa Olifera. And so that is why I sought them out. And it's, it's, you can see the difference, uh, you know, when you consume the product versus your typical GNCs. Something else to note is the, at ZJ International, they also understand, and this is kind of that philosophy, again, of washing hands, that it's not just soap and water, but it is also culture and lifestyle and education that have made it to be so influential and impactful. And um, when I, when I was did, introducing you before, I, I, that's off the cuff. I just flippantly said, we need to seek out a life unlimited. I want to bring you on the show as you part of the leading force of the natural health revolution. Yeah. I know that's where you're going with this. I just wanted to reiterate that this is what I was talking about. And I want you to identify the four pillars of this life unlimited that Zizia International is so famous for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so as we kind of go into this, right, ZJ International is embraced on this life unlimited in the sense of we want to make sure that your body is naturally nourished and we've got those things for you and, and that you have uh, uh, an active lifestyle is the second pillar, right, that you learn how to exercise and that it's uh, uh, not just an afterthought or something that you have to do, but something that you seek out to do and desire to do. Uh, and the third pillar is uh uh, time freedom and personal development, that there is this absolute necessity for us to be able to uh, progress as individuals with learning, such as individuals as, your, as yourself, Dan, um, and th- improving ourselves day in and day out so that we can become more and more a person of influence and, and have that impact on the world. And then the fourth is financial freedom to where we have the ability and the resources 
to where we can do what we want, um, that we haven't sold our life out for $11 an hour at such and such place. And ZJ which forces us to have, which forces us to have somebody else raise our children that forces us to, absolutely. To, to sell out the reality that we become the average of the five people we associate with the most. Well, why should they be at daycare? Not to slam daycare, but why can't we control how we can help our children become everything they were born to be instead of selfishly saying, I hate my job. I'm just going to, you know, relinquish myself to this 30 years and then wait for a company to tell me when I can re- retire. What you're saying Absolutely. is International provides an opportunity for you to just break away and not just feel healthy and be healthy, but to have all those other benefits of life unlimited. Absolutely. And you'd real and, and the thing is is if you don't have one of those, you have none of those. If you're missing just one of those pillars, if you have the financial freedom but you don't have the health healthy lifestyle, then you have, it doesn't matter. And likewise, you can be exceptionally healthy, but if you spend your healthy life ultimately sitting in a desk in a job that you hate, it doesn't matter. And really, life boils down to those four pillars that we can achieve, as you mentioned before, that life unlimited. And it is critical that we have uh, all of those in our lives. And ZJ International's philosophy is empowering individuals to have all of those. And this is where I believe that we are on the verge of, of a, what Zija has coined, the natural health revolution, that people are coming on board, that they see the power of these products, that they are embracing what uh, Zija is teaching of this Life Unlimited, and we are seeing millions of people's lives change, millions of people's lives be influenced, where they understand natural nutrition, health and wellness, an active lifestyle. They're... they're uh, vested in personal development, and they are continually growing as individuals. And because of this, we are seeing so many people's lives change, and uh, it is absolutely a fun ride to be on. Absolutely. And as I said at the very onset of the show, every one of us is involved in the business of sales. Sales. Every single person needs to understand that sale, selling and sales is always about relationship selling, which means it's always about direct sales. So anyone who has ever heard something negative or had a bad influence in their life where someone would say that a direct sales company is bad or that you don't want to get involved in a multi-level marketing company, what they're not doing is looking at themselves in the mirror and realizing everybody is in a multi-level marketing world. Everybody is in direct sales. Everybody is in relationship selling. Because if you ask, and I have interviewed the top CEOs, especially CFOs in the world, they will validate the 80-20 rule, which we're all familiar with. 80% of our business is usually done by 20% of our customers. Well, the Excel spreadsheet shows that 90 to 95% of our very best customers, and especially our most loyal repeat customers, come from our network, our circle of influence, and come through the referral process. It's having someone in our life come to us and say, oh my gosh, have you heard about this? Someone we trust, the sale, the definition of sales is the transference of trust. Someone we trust calls us, makes an appointment, sits us down and says, oh my gosh, in my case, I lost 37 pounds to go to, to space. And it wasn't a diet, it was a change in my mindset, which is a lifestyle choice. And now that I've had a, a birthday on March 14th, 
I realize exactly what you're saying, Dr. Plan, and that is that I can be as healthy as I want, but if I have no money, why in the world would I want to be healthy if I can't go on vacation and enjoy the outdoors? If I have all the money in the world and my health has gone south, there's a disconnect. My experience, and I don't sell Zizia International, my experience, ladies and gentlemen, is that of all the nutritional, natural health food organizations created in our world, and of all the multi-level marketing direct sales organizations that are available to us to participate in to not only become the best that we can be physically and emotionally, but Zizia International has just led the way in my own personal life and my family's life with the products. I worked out again in my home gym today and I took my, my Ripstick's uh, product, Zizia products, which are so perfect for the athlete in me. And I want everyone, before we go off the air, uh, Doc, to know how to find someone from Zizia International who can answer all of their questions. And no, I'm not selling Zizia International as a financial opportunity, even though you can make your dreams come true financially and make some serious money to provide ancillary income, discretionary income to purchase a different kind of a car or to go on a family vacation or to do those things that you need to do to free up your time to make sure that you're everything you were born to be. How does someone get involved in in Zizia? First of all, contacting someone so they know how they can buy these magnificent products based in Moringa, Alifera. And number two, if they're ever curious about a financial opportunity, I think it's definitely fair game for you to share how they can follow up from this call, brother. Absolutely, Dan. Thank you once again. Uh, And so for people that are interested in this, uh, first and foremost, if they're looking to improve their health uh, through Zija's revolutionary products, those are the Moringa Olifera-based products and essential oils and other natural-based products, everything from shampoos, conditioners, to hand soaps, to deodorants, toothpaste, uh, we offer those natural solutions so that you can improve the quality of your life immensely uh, without the toxic chemicals uh, that people are seeing today. And, uh, or if they're looking for the business opportunity, you can simply go to www.zijainternational.com and have the opportunity to uh, buy those products or, more importantly, begin your business venture if you so desire. And, again, I'd hate to think of where I would be if my wife just didn't show that encouragement in me uh, 16 years ago. And really what it takes is it's just a simple, a simple phrase in our lives that we take to heart that can set us on a completely different trajectory in our life. And there's not a day that goes by that I'm not grateful for where I am at, but there's also not a day that goes by that I am looking to help more and more people. And this is what uh, is so beautiful about ZG International is we have provided the infrastructure, the support groups, the products in place so that individuals who do want more out of life, whether it be health, wellness, or financial freedom, uh, that they can do those things. And so uh, looking forward to partner with everyone there and to, more importantly, seek out that better life of health and wellness. Thank you so much, Dan, for having me on your show. And the Mika magic in all of this is that if you go online and you find where there is a Zizia International meeting, you would probably also be able to find out when Dr. Joshua Plant is visiting your state, visiting your city, visiting your country, for those of you outside of our United States, where you can go and listen to Joshua Plant live. Ask him every question you can imagine because as an extreme scientist, 
the elite of the elite, he will actually answer every question you have, regardless if it's about Moringa Alifera. I love you, Josh. You have inspired me every time I'm around you. We laugh, we cry, but more importantly, you with your left brain and right brain engaged are one of the more extraordinary people on this planet. I just, I, I take such great pride in calling you my friend and Zizia International is so honored and so privileged to have you as part of their executive team. God bless you and your family, brother. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, and likewise. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com. We're going to commercial break, but don't go anywhere. We have one of my closest friends on the planet who will inspire you and actually answer the question that Monty Powell's opening song Set the table for who wouldn't want to be me? Well, who wouldn't want to be Scott C. Keller? Over the past 35 years, Scott Keller has become one of the largest single private apartment owners in the Western United States, specializing in the acquisition and management of thousands of multifamily units. He's a dear friend. Talk about being an extreme athlete, snow skiing, mountain biking, road biking, motorcycle riding. He has a red Ferrari. He has a giant house. He has a beautiful wife and family. He's got everything everybody on this planet wants to have. And he, of all the people I've met, have figured out, he has figured out how to keep his life in balance, how he makes everything that he's involved with matter most, which means his life matters and he will definitely not die with his music still in him this is dan clark voiceamerica.com commercial break you don't want to go anywhere we'll be back with scott keller in a moment hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. 
If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. So obviously this channel is called the Influencers Channel, and I only invite people on my show with the sacred time available to talk about how they have positioned themselves so that they can make an influence in the world, not just locally, but globally. Scott, Scott C. Keller, I'm great, friends. I don't even know what C stands for. But over Cornell. the past 30, Cornell, yeah, they name universities after you now. After this is the good. University. Yeah, 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 I know. Next, next show, it'll be Scott H. for Harvard. I get it. <laughs> over the past 35 years, Scott Keller has become one of the largest single private apartment owners in the Western United States, and his personal investment portfolio has involved hotels, retail centers, student housing, senior housing, assisted living, and private equity investments. Scott serves as chairman of the Utah American Diabetes Association, was honored as Utah Father of the Year. As a volunteer for the Romney presidential campaign, Scott became a top fundraiser in the country and actively supports many political candidates and many philanthropic and charitable causes. As a young man, Scott guided whitewater tours down all major western rivers, including the Grand Canyon. Holy cow. And even though he's older like me, you got to see, you got to visualize this stud, muffin, hunk of burning love, biceps, calves. The, the guy is, some men are, are, are handsome. Scott Keller is beautiful. It just ticks me off how, how preserved and, and, and perfect you are. As a young man, Scott guided whitewater tours, including down the Grand Canyon. And today, Scott is married with five children and 10 grandchildren and enjoys, as I said earlier, snow skiing, mountain biking, road biking, motorcycle riding. You still, <clears throat> and you still haven't let me drive your red Ferrari. And frequent trips to Lake Powell with family and friends. Scott Keller, in the few minutes that we have, and I'm going to have you back, I want you to inspire every one of my listeners in the same way you inspire me. You are the most successful guy I know, and I say that without any reservation, but more importantly, brother, you're the most significant individual I know because all the money you've been able to make, you turn into turning the world upside down and making it a better place. Talk to me about your beginnings. You grew up in Las Vegas. I know that we have precious time, but I want everybody to know how you grew up, how you started you know, get guiding these folks down the, 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 the rivers in the Western United States and what lessons of life you learned from those experiences that led you to becoming this incredible entrepreneur and, and huge uh, philanthropist. Well, thank you for that introduction, uh, Dan. You're, you're a, a professional at making people feel good about themselves and edifying and lifting everyone's spirit. So uh, I have uh, really been the beneficiary, the better part of that, in knowing you, Dan. Uh, I've been listening to your program today, and I'm mightily impressed in anything that you do. But thank you for the, for the opportunity to be uh, interviewed today. The, the question that you asked was how I, I was raised and how I was inspired for a career path. My father uh, had retired from the Park Service from Death Valley. He was a park ranger. Back in those days, anyone with a job in the Depressions and wore a uniform was in pretty good, in pretty good shape. 
and uh, he was in uh, national parks such as Glacier and Yellowstone and Yosemite and Petrified Forest and ended up in Death Valley and then retired and moved to Las Vegas and bought foreclosed homes. From the time I can remember, at four years old, I was picking up rocks and mowing lawns and pulling weeds and painting redwood fences, and I hated it. He had a number of single-dwelling homes that were rental property, and he built up a, a, a moderate uh, a portfolio of single-dwelling homes, but he made a pretty good living at it. I was determined that I would never do that, but I understood what a mortgage was. I understood what escrow meant. I understood principal reduction. I understood cash flow and his operating expenses on these rental properties at an early age. He instilled in me a, a good work ethic. He uh, made me stay up all night and do math problems, and for everyone I'd do wrong, he'd make me do 10 more. Seriously, all night mm. long. And I'm in fourth grade. Um, I had to figure out miles per gallon without pencil and pad with one... Uh, uh, you know, with you know, one one spot to the right of the decimal, one mm. digit, and I had to get it right. And so I remember him filling up that car, getting 18 gallons, and going 287 miles, and putting, you know, 14.7 miles, 14.7 gallons into however many miles he traveled, and coming up with a miles per gallon, and and I couldn't understand why that was so important to him. Well. Most of my kids do that today just out of habit, and mm-hmm. it's a good record. It's uh, when performance is measured, performance improves, and this, with anything, is a good measure to determine performance or miles per gallon or whatever it may be that you're using that principle. So I never thought that in my wildest dreams I would be doing what he does as a living, as I knew it, growing up in Las Vegas. But you took but, this. Uh, dis- but you took this discipline of, of figuring out the details to the highest level, which allowed you to have the courage to start your own company and use these things that your father taught you back as a young boy, right? Absolutely. Um, I went into college. I went to UNLV right out of Las Vegas High School, and and uh, eventually transferred uh, to Dixie and and uh, and. F- I got an associate's degree at Rick's College. I skipped around a bit. I wasn't the best student, but uh, I enjoyed hands-on. I enjoyed doing things uh, that I could see results, and uh, my results were better in trying things outside of the classroom and then going back into the classroom and teaching them how to do it, which is often what happened in order for me to pass the, the class and get credit. I love I started, it. I started a ski company, SKI, Scott Keller Industries, by buying all of the old Wolfson Sunset closeout two- to three-year-old uh, inventory in the back for 10 cents on the dollar, and I put together a ski package for 150 or $200, skis, boots, bindings, and poles, and mm. sell on corners all over the, the, the state of Utah and Nevada and up in Idaho. And I could always make $100 a day, but sometimes I could make $1,000 a day, generally around Christmas and Thanksgiving. And that, that went a long ways. $100 back then was probably the equal of three or $400 today. So every yeah, Saturday, that, I could get listeners, by. Because listeners, that was 1865, just to put it in perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not that much, which, <laughs> that, that dates you too, Dan. We're not that far uh-huh. apart. <laughs> 
So let's so, cut uh, to the chase. So it, you, you, from a young age, you figured out the way. You're, 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 you, you think bigger than anyone I've ever been around. You have the biggest heart of anyone I've ever been around. But yet, you still have that left brain, detail oriented, follow the process part of you that most people that know you probably wouldn't appreciate to this level. So teach us about how you mix the right brain, relational, touchy-feely, laugh and cry and adventure side of you with this brilliant intellect, this brilliant business mind that's that's founded and grounded in, in, in details, in taking care of every I and every T. Well, that's a pretty broad question. I'm not the most detailed person, but I am a big picture thinker. And I see things and, and can see the potential. And uh, I, I had to do the detail from the very start. I formed this career path after I left Rider Systems when I had a 10-year career there and realized that I would only make as much as my boss made or less. And I kind of guessed what he was making, and I thought I could do better and consequently went out into the private sector myself, having done fairly well in that industry to where I had uh, funds sufficient enough that I could invest in the side and build up a portfolio. I eventually uh, had, with a partner, 27 houses. He was my brother-in-law, and uh, we we ran ourselves ragged trying to manage them, and, and I decided... Soon after, after we tried our hand at a few fourplexes and a 40plex and a 72plex, that there were some economies of scale and, and more clumped into one demographic, and that was a lot easier to manage. So uh, he went his way and I went my way, and we continued to build our portfolios. Uh, I was inspired to do that because of the uh, my career path came as a result of my father inspiring me on how real estate worked, appreciation, making money uh, without really having to work all the time. I believe that money should work for me. I don't work for money. You've heard the adage. I think it's from rich man, poor man. And and I believed and put in that put that concept into work. When I take my doctor and attorney friends down to Lake Powell, they're not making money if they're invo- if they're not invoicing. I am by nature of principal reduction that becomes equity growth on the mortgage, appreciation on a hard asset, sticks and bricks, uh, rents that are paid by somebody else that pays the mortgage, and hopefully you have something left north of the operating expenses, and it's called cash flow. True mm-hmm. wealth is cash flow. And, and that's, I, I would and run those numbers every single day. Today, I run those numbers as I did 40 years ago when I put this concept to work on how real estate and how appreciation and how money started to work. The first book being How to Bring Out the Financial Genius Inside You by Mark mm-hmm. Oliver Haroldson, and I believe he lives in Salt Lake. But that, yeah, that does, book yeah. inspired me as much as any book. It's just very basic buy low, sell high kind of a concept. And I picked up on that and took it to the next few levels. So in the few minutes left, how do you, <clears throat> you know, the millions and millions of dollars that you've been able to earn in your lifetime, how did you, what what caused you inside to click and flip the switch that now it's your turn to step up and, 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 donate and organize fundraisers and and chair charitable events 
Uh, you are the most philanthropic guy I know. You're so involved at the highest level with multiple political campaigns and social issues, social entrepreneurship. Teach us how you, when when did you pull the trigger in your entrepreneurial enterprise and your entrepreneurial empire to see the significance of giving more than you take? Another broad question, but people, one has to have fire in the bellies. One has to have desire. One has to really want something to be excited and to engage and to be enthusiastic and ambitiously in, involved in something. When I was a river guide, I asked some of these wealthy people a number of questions on how they succeeded in their life. And this one wealthy man said, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you in, in two words, and if you apply it in your life, I promise you, you'll look me up to be, after you've successfully become a millionaire. That wasn't the question. I asked how to become a millionaire. I asked how to be successful. The two words that he said were, obligate yourself. Hmm. I thought about what that means over time, to come out of your comfort zone, to accept responsibility. We grow by doing. We, if you do it, you own it. You learn how to do things by accepting responsibility or just purely serving others and getting acquainted and uh, opening your mouth and you know, loosening your tongue so that you're comfortable. I don't know anybody better at that than you, Dan, but to reach out and, and make people feel good better about themselves, having met them. Uh, with regard to my successful business career, I've applied those successes and, and that experience and that skill set, first of all, by starting out in 2008 with helping Mitt in his first presidential uh, campaign. And it eventually uh, lapped into uh, philanthropic, and I find that the, the, uh, the the philanthropic and the political and the professional all overlap and link often with a lot of the same people. And all of a sudden you find that you're networked. You know people and they know you. And it's easier to get indoors. And if you're looking for help in some fashion, whether it be political or philanthropic, they know who you are. They know that you're credible. They know that you're writing the checks. They know that you're working for free. And it's easier to get in those doors and make an influence and commit them to assist in whatever cause it is that we're pursuing in the, in the moment. So I, I suppose the answer to your question is, how do you do that? Well, you just do it. Obligate yourself. Get out there. I find that that's one of the greatest blessings and experiences that I've had and encourage that to be something for these young people to consider, to get involved in the community to serve your community, whether it be political or be charity or church or whatever it may be, your neighborhood, get involved. Doors will open. Opportunities will come your way. You know, and you just reminded me, you and I have become dear, dear friends. I hope you feel the same about me as I feel about you and your amazing wife and family. But, you know, my finance, I'm confessing my sins here now on international radio, but my financial statement is nowhere the same number of zeros as yours is, but I think that's inspirational to all the listeners because you and I connected at the service level. You and I connected at the service before self level, which allows us to still be best friends, even though you're a gajillionaire and I'm still working on it. <laughs> and so we we have connected at so many other levels, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, socially. And even though 
I'm, I will, you know, I'll never be in your same category as far as income earner. Our our friendship has allowed me and our mutual friends to do exactly what you do on a daily basis, and that's just to look for ways to serve, look to ways to to volunteer our time. In the last couple of minutes, with with millennials coming out of college and with the Gen Xers always being accused of being selfish and, and entitled to this or that, what advice would you give to the young folks coming into the world? Your dad taught you to use your mind and to put the phone down, if you will, put the calculator down and start using, start stretching your imagination, stretching your your abilities. What advice would you give to the young folks that would dream about being, as the song says, who wouldn't want to be Scott? Well, uh, let me just reference and give credit to Mitt Romney. I remember a story he told when he was growing up as a young man in Michigan. When he asked his father, who was the CEO of American Motors, the old uh, Rambler and Jeep Cherokee as we know it today, how he could compete in this small American Motors company with the likes of Giants, Ford, GMC, and Chrysler in the state of Michigan. As you know, his father, George Romney, went on to be a three-term governor in the state of Michigan and is still highly respected and revered today. And he asked his father, he says, how can you possibly compete with this small company and uh, against these big car giants, such as, as I just mentioned? And he says, I'll never forget my father's answer. He says, there's nothing as vulnerable as entrenched success, meaning complacency. You know, uh, Pretty soon, you're an IBM company, and you have a no-name Apple that comes along and steals market share. And you wonder, what the heck happened when you thought you were the fat cats and you didn't have much to worry about? Competition breeds efficiency. It makes us better. And when we start or even become close to being cavalier in anything or complacent or too laid back, whether it be in academics or athletics uh, in our personal lives, uh, in, in anything that we do professionally, even in voting, in political things, when we become cavalier or complacent, we lose market share, we lose opportunity, and it's hard to measure how much that loss is. It's kind of like a sin of omission, not doing what we should be doing. And I would encourage the listener to consider complacency is something that we can change in our lives. And when we start being too comfortable, when we start being too cavalier, laid back, thinking the heat's off, and we don't have much to worry about, is probably the time that things are going to change because things go in cycles. And I have learned more in the downturns than I have in the upturns in my industry or in anything in my life. We tend to learn good habits and bad times and bad habits and good times. And, oh, we wished that we had applied some of those disciplines in those bad times. One of the greatest quotes that I ever read here seven or eight years ago in that downturn was there's been a hundred recessions and there's been a hundred recoveries. That gave me great hope to know that this too will pass, that these things come and go. And it just, man, grab an oar and start pulling. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. These things will come and go and we learn 
from our experiences and we learn from those downturns, I think, even more so when things are good. I love it. That's a perfect place to end our entire show today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm speaking with Scott Keller, one of the world's greatest entrepreneurs and definitely one of the great philanthropists in our world. Dear, dear friend, Scott, I love you. I honor you. I'm going to have you back and we're going to just pick your brain because you can teach all of us about the steps of entrepreneurialism that turns into social entrepreneurism, which is philanthropy at its highest level. This is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. Please go to danclark.com, my website. Click on receive free gifts and training. Join my tribe. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Remember our troops in your prayers coming into the 4th of July weekend. God bless America. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 12 noon Pacific time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.